Luke chapter 24 in your Bibles, if you would, Luke 24. There's a particular thing here that I've just been camped on for a while, just kind of meditating on it. And the Lord really hadn't given me freedom in any of the different venues I've had lately to, to share it, to preach on it until, until today. So this, uh, this is that opportunity. Genesis, I'm sorry, Luke. I'm always thinking, always thinking Genesis. All right, let's start at the beginning. We're going to get to Luke. It might take us a little while to read to it, but we'll get there. Luke chapter 24. Now, I want to back up just a few verses and uh, get a little bit of the context here. And, and there's one key thing we're going we're gonna to get on to. All right, let's, um, let's start in verse 50 of 23. This, this is at the conclusion of Christ's crucifixion. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and he took it down, wrapped it in linen, laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. I just want you for a minute just to picture that in your mind. A limp body of Jesus. We don't often camp on that, you know, but it's in the scripture, so let's just think about it for a minute. A helpless God? No, but here's the body, right? I want you to imagine Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, taking care of that body. Were they accustomed to that? Did they know how to do that? Yeah, everybody knew how to do that. It was pretty common. Who are you going to call? Where, where are you going to go? You did it yourself. Just like colonial America, you did it yourself. And so here now they have the body of Jesus. And what are they going to do with this body? They're taking care of him, right? Respectfully, reverently. They carry him where he needs to go. And they laid his body in that sepulcher, hewn out of stone. That's a wealthy man's sepulcher. Nobody's going to have the funds to actually carve your, your mausoleum, your tomb, out of the side of a, of a rock uh, emplacement there. That's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of money, bit by bit, chisel, hammer. It's going to take a lot of time. In which never a man before was laid was a brand new tomb. You see, in Israel, they, they reuse these over and over, but not this one. Verse 54, and that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on, and the women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. They watched. I mean, that means they were, were they nearby? If they watched how his body was laid, how near were they? they they're, they're right there. I mean, if you, you literally, you go into the tomb and you turn to the right, and that's, there's two places there. The one on the left is clearly the one where his body was laid. We know that because it was modified for somebody a little taller, perhaps, than what it was made for, what it was originally designed for. 
and yet there was a hasty uh, chiseling that doesn't look like the chiseling of the rest of the tomb. Like a, a last-minute, quick, somebody's a little taller here than what this was made for. Interesting. You want to know how tall Jesus was? Take a tape measure. Yeah. Have I done it? No. I don't want to get shot. No, I, it's just it, it, it's uh, barred. You can't get to the actual thing, but you can come in the tomb, turn to the right, look through, take pictures, and see that. I, it must have been, the first time I saw it, it must have been pointed out to me. I don't think I observed it, but somebody said, look there and notice this. So it was originally designed for a, a, a man and his wife, and yet there was something modified last minute in a hasty way, as though somebody else other than what the tomb was made for was here, was placed here. And they were of a different, different size. If they were shorter, we wouldn't have known, but they were taller, and it was last minute. A quick thing, interesting. Here they are. So the women, if they see that, they see all of that, they must have been actually even inside the tomb. They must have observed inside, 56. They returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Much, per much perplexed. body is missing. They found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. They entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. It came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again, and they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. Let's pray. Lord, uh, this morning as we have time here this morning as we're able to look at your word and just glean some things from it, Lord, may it be a harvest that is needful for our souls, helpful for our, uh, our, our sanctification, our walk with you, and uh, may it just be a real blessing when you speak to our hearts this morning through this text. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, hopefully you already have a little bit of a picture of what was happening that day. The women came, prepared. The men, where are they? Hiding, right? Are they encouraged? Is anybody encouraged? Anybody? Are there any smiles today on this day? What day of the week is it? Sunday. First day of the week. 
time of day is it? Like if it was here and now, and we're not, we're not in Jerusalem, but if it was, what, what, what time of day would that be? Give me a, give me a time. Do you know if we if we had uh, if we kind of compared all the synoptic gospels? I think it's Mark that says while it was dark, early. I don't think you're thinking early enough. What time is it? <laughs> Some of you don't know because you get up at nine and it's already. Uh, <laughs> then you come dragging into class and uh, wow, is the sun up yet? <laughs> you know I don't know. It's uh, I don't. It's four thirty. How early did these ladies get up and get ready to go that day? And were they encouraged? Like, whoa, they're excited. This is a great day. And they got out of bed. Four o'clock. Got dressed, got ready to do what? The most exciting thing that they've ever done? We'll come back to that. The key thing here, though, is in verse 5. I just can't get away from this. Why? Seek ye the living among the dead. Who said it? Yes, we're going to open up a little bit this morning. Who said it? Angels. It's plural here. There's two of them talking to the ladies. And the angels ask that question. Why? Do the angels ever get an answer? Well, here's why. Did they get an answer? Not one that's verbal here, not one that's recorded. No, they probably didn't. I'm not sure that we would answer the angels either. <laughs> We're just, whoa, nice, nice clothes. Shining. I'm going to turn those down. Um, but they asked the question, why? Why seek ye the living among the dead? Who's the living and who's the dead? Look around. All the rest of these, buried wherever, these are the dead. Why seek ye the living? This morning the question is ours, why? Why seek ye the living among the dead? And are you? Are you at least seeking the living as they are? Okay, we're going to come back to that. But first I want to just, on this idea of questions, do you really want revival? Do you really want God's power? Questions. Questions are important. Questions. You ever been asked questions? How about your folks when they come home and they look at the house after they get home? Do they, is there some questions then? Why? How? How did your brother get up on the roof? How? <laughs> Why? Questions. Do you know it's said that there are some 3,300 questions in the Bible? Not all of those are from the Lord. Some of those are from men. Or whatever, you know. What's the first question in the Bible? Yea, hath God said. Who asked that one? Well, Satan did. Okay. 
What's the first question that God asked? Yeah, and who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten? Questions. Can you think of a question? Now, we're going to understand that if angels asked a question, they were sent forth with that question. They're not coming up with things. They're not independent beings. They're sent forth to minister unto those who shall be heirs of salvation. They're getting their questions and they're coming with them. So, can you think of a question in the Bible that God asked? Other than what we've said already. Think now, think of a question that God or angels asked. William. Okay, okay, that's good. Yes, Job chapter 1. That's good. It's a good question. It's liberty. Yes, we just heard about that one. That's good. A lot of questions. Anybody else? A question that God asked. Caught you off guard. Nobody else. Let me just run through a few. Maybe you'll remember them. Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? God asked whom? This one's Cain. Doest thou well to be angry? That's Jonah. What doest thou here, Elijah? Where was that? Elijah had run from Jezebel. He's down in the Sinai. Who touched me? Does God not know the answers? Is he the curious sort? Who do men say that I am? But whom say ye that I am? O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Questions. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In John chapter 5, to the lame man, wilt thou be made whole? In John chapter 9, to the blind man, the man born blind who's now been healed, dost thou believe in the Son of God? Luke chapter 6, and why call ye me Lord and do not the things which I say? Go in your Bibles to Judges chapter 2. I think it's good for us to just ponder for a minute the questions that God asks. 
I think, I think if we really thought about it, when we fall under conviction, it might very well be because the Holy Spirit is asking us a question that we can't answer. There's no more strong question, I think, in, in the Bible than the one I find in Judges chapter 2. Uh, this is remarkable. Upon the disobedience of the children of Israel to drive out the various nations, just an absolute um, evidence of, of their unbelief because God promised them the victory. And yet now the Canaanites are driving them up into the mountains and in the hills and the caves. And, and uh, Judges 2.1, it says, And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt, and I brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their, their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? That's a stunning question, and I doubt anybody raised their hand. They were silent before the Lord, his angel, his words. Go to, go to Job chapter 38. <clears throat> As we consider a questioning God, Job chapter 38, if you're here for VBS, I wouldn't be surprised if this passage is somehow brought into our vacation Bible school. Maybe some of you know why. Uh, Job chapter 38, look at the question. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Who? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, verse 5, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who hath laid the cornerstone thereof? Speaking of create the creation of the world. And in this passage, 38, 39, 40, and 41, God asks about 80 questions to Job. Just back to back. Most of them about animals. Just questions about the animal kingdom. Two of them, I think, about dinosaurs. Look at Job's answer. Look at 40. He actually got a word in to answer. Job chapter 40. Look at verse 1. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth. Wow. Chapter 42, Job gives a more complete answer. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Job is finally willing to admit, I don't have all the answers. I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to let you talk. 
I'll ask the questions, you give the answers. I need to change my thinking to match yours. Many times, you know, that really is the reason that God asks questions. Why are you doing that? Why did you do that? Why did you say that? Why did you respond that way? Why didn't you follow through? Why? The questions. It's not like he doesn't know the answer. <laughs> Frankly, if you didn't know, ask him. He'll probably help you with it. I don't know why I keep doing that. Lord, why? Help me see it. I think he would. I bet if you asked your parents sometime that same thing, I bet they'd help out. When they said, why? Why are you doing this? And you just got to the point where you said, I don't know why I keep you know, disobeying or disrespect. I don't understand it. Can you help me? Help me understand me. I bet they would. I bet they would. Let's go back to Luke 24. And let's talk about this a little bit. Here these ladies come on this morning early. You got to give them credit. And the guys didn't come. These ladies are coming. Did they know they were going to do this? Had they planned to do this? Stay with me now. Did they plan this? Or was this like a last minute thing? What do you think? Planned. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like that uh, the other day when they watched the body being laid, they watched very carefully so that they could, so that they could what? Wesley? Yes, and it, yeah, and it might still be a little dark. I mean, they didn't want many misunderstandings. There's a lot of tombs around. We don't want to go to the wrong one. Okay, good. Good. Did they come prepared? It's pretty clearly, pretty clear that they did. They came prepared. Okay. To do what? The question now becomes ours. What are you prepared to do? What are you preparing for? Man, they prepared. They really did. They've been preparing. Now, they, they had the Sabbath came, which is Saturday. They couldn't do anything on that day. So, according to the commandment, they didn't. Uh, they, then they started up again early Sunday. Just as soon as they could, they were out there again before light, finding their way to the garden tomb there, and, um, and they're prepared. For what? What are they prepared for? What did they prepare to do? They have a mission. What is their mission? Okay, I got you thinking, I think. At least your eyes are open, most of you. They've got a plan. They have prepared for that, that mission. Now, if you meet them in the way, what do they look like? Are they excited? They're not excited. Look, there's more questions this day. Chapter 24, <laughs> look at verse 17. Later in this day, the Lord Jesus will encounter two men on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus, what's he do? He asks more questions. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another 
as you walk and are sad. Oh, there's others here that are not real encouraged on this day. This is not a good day. Question, is this a good day? Come on. No, yes, no, yes. <laughs> and I understand what you're saying. I understand. But think about it. Is this a good day? Has there ever in world history been a better day than this day? Then what's these guys' problems? But they are on a mission. Now, I don't know what the road these guys are getting to Emmaus, but those ladies are on a mission, and it's a, it's a good mission. They prepared for it. They're ready. And they are bent on doing their mission, but they're not encouraged. How can you not be encouraged on the best day out of 6,000 years of days? How could you not be encouraged? Are you with me? It has something to do with that question. Why? Why seek ye the living among the dead? It has something to do with that question, but we're not ready for that yet. We've got to go longer here. Look at, uh, look at verse 18 of Luke chapter 24. And uh, the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass in these days? What's the matter with you? And he said unto them, Jesus said, I'll look there, another question. What things? And they go, oh, I don't believe it. How could you be around here and not know? What just happened? I don't get it. He's asking questions. Did he not know? Let me, okay. Does Jesus know what's happened? <laughs> he knows what has happened. It happened to him. Oh. And he asked the question, what things? If they could only look. If their eyes weren't holding, could they see? Wow. Wow. What things? The best day that the world has ever seen. And he's just trying to awaken in them due to questions. Verse 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all the prophet, that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Another question. And then he teaches. Questions. Do you know it would be after this, in John chapter 20, uh, on a subsequent day, he would meet the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. There he would provide dinner, look at Peter, and ask a question. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Questions. Lots of questions. Does he not know the answer? He knows the answer better than we know the answer. Sometimes we think we know. Many times we think we know the answer, and we have the wrong one. We have the wrong answer. How do we know? How do we find out if we have the wrong answer? Let me just, let's just cover this, and then we're going to go back and get that one question, why seek ye the living among the dead? How do we discover when we have the wrong answer? <laughs> what might it be? 
Okay, okay, that it doesn't work. Okay, hold hold this thought. That's really good, actually. Listen to this. These ladies are coming. They're on a mission. Are they on the right mission? Okay, question. Did it work? I mean, their mission. They've been preparing for this for a couple of days. Listen, is their mission expensive? Oh, yeah. They got some money invested in this. Then they're up at what? What did we say? Four o'clock? Oh, yeah. At least. Uh, At least. Now, I don't know how long, how far they live away in Jerusalem, uh, but it seems like by the time they got to the garden tomb, it was still like, like just a wisp of light. I don't know. Yeah, they got up early, really early. And they, they gathered, you know, at a, at a spot, didn't they? I don't know, at somebody's house or at a corner. They said, hey, we'll meet here. And uh, we, got, uh, we got one more. What time is it? Can you see that? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, anyway, uh, they, they're there on the corner and they're waiting. It's just one more. Oh, there she is. Let's go. And it's still dark. When they walked up, I don't know, maybe out the Damascus Gate. That'd be the closest gate if they were in the city walls and uh, over to the garden tomb. And it's still dark. Did they have the right mission? Did it work? It didn't work. Was it the right mission? It's the wrong mission. How do we find out when we're on the wrong mission? Well, when it doesn't work. Okay, but Jonah, who was told to go to Nineveh, didn't go to Nineveh. Nineveh is that way. He went that way. He went to Joppa. Or if you're, if you're in Israel today, they call it Yaffa. And he went down there. And he must have asked a question. Of course he did. Hey, is that boat going to uh, Tarshish? Yeah, Spain? Oh, yeah. He asked a question. How much does it cost? Oh, they told him, such and such, right? They must have, right? Did he have the money? Did he have the money? Yeah, he had the money. Is he on the right mission? Did it work? Well, they got on the boat. He had the money. He bought the ticket. The boat wasn't full. He got on there. The boat took off. It seems to be working. Oops. But you're right. It's not going to work for long. Should we do that? Like, just try out different things and see if it works? Like dating? Is that the way to do it? Oops, that didn't didn't work. Let's try another one. That's what the world is doing. And a lot of Christians. How would we know if we're on the right mission? How do we know when we find out? How do you know if you come to college, there you are at college, and you've got your missions, and you've got your priorities, and you've got, here's where I'm at, here's what I'm doing, here's my thinking, and uh, here's how I do things, and then you find out that wasn't good thinking, that wasn't good mission. How do you know? How might you find out? Okay, you might discover, okay, but yeah, you might hear, 
well, let's not do it that way, let's do it this way, and let's be in class on time, and let's shut our phones off, whatever, all these things. And um, so how might you know if you weren't on the right mission? Yeah, you get corrected. Uh, pastor just talked about that. Whom the Lord loves, he, he corrects, he chastens. You know what, you're going the wrong way. Let's not do that. Let's do something. Isn't that what God's doing? You're going the wrong direction. That's not what I want you to do. Let's go the other way. And sometimes he enlists the help of others to do that. Yes. He's not going to send angels like this in bright, shining clothes. He's going to send others in drabby clothes. And they're going to tell you, let's not do that. Let's do something different. That's not the right thing. How smart is it then to argue with them? No, I'm on the right mission. I, I, I've done this for years. I'm, I'm all set. Not a good idea. I'm just applying here this. Why? Why seek ye the living among the dead? Why? Okay, now, what's the answer to that? You answer for the ladies. Why seek ye the living among the dead? You give the answer. I want to hear an answer. Somebody give me an answer. Oh, it's the same people all the time. Somebody else. Matthew. Okay. Somebody else? Somebody over here. Give the answer. Caitlin, what would you say? Oh, you say I wasn't going to. Yeah, in my class, you got it. You got to be ready with an answer, Michaela. What would you say? For the ladies, you're there with them. And the angels, the nice angels, they're nice, asked a question. It was a little weird. But they asked the question, why seek you the living among the dead? Well, now that you've asked me, here's why. What's the answer? Kara, what's the answer? Somebody. Liberty. Right. So the answer is, we're not. Why seek ye the living? We're, we're not seeking the living. Is that true? Would that be a legitimate answer to that question? They didn't ask the question, why seek ye the dead among the dead? Right? Why seek ye the living among the dead? And here they are standing there with spices. Uh, we're not. Were they looking for living that day? Uh, we're not looking for living. Ladies? Anybody looking for living? Look at our faces. Are we looking for living? We're looking for dead. Spices. Dead. That's why we're here. That might be why their faces look that way. On the best day the planet's ever had. And they're discouraged. You ever been discouraged? You'd be discouraged for the same reason that these ladies are. And I'm telling you, they're good ladies. Right? Yeah, they're doing better than the guys. The guys look the same, but they're still in bed. I don't know what they're doing. If they could sleep. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't sleep. But anyway, they're not, they didn't get up and come out here and meet at the corner and where's that always late person and, and then get to the garden tomb. They didn't do that. They didn't prepare and prepare and watch and look where the body was laid. At least it doesn't record that for us, right? But these ladies did all of that. Oh, they work hard. They study hard. They prepare well for the wrong mission. 
Why? Why seek ye the living? Listen, if they were seeking the living among the dead, would their faces look like this? <laughs> right? Are you with me? Their faces wouldn't look like yours doing right now. Okay? <laughs> On the best day the world ever had, their faces would not look like that. <laughs> Where is he? Wow! This is the day. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I think you could do this too. Look. One, two, three. Right? This is the day. Is this the day? Would they know that? Had Jesus already told them that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he told them. He told them this. Watch carefully now. One, two, three. Three. He told them that. And they went, oh, yeah, okay. Okay, that'll be fine. And then they prepared the spices. We do the same thing. You come to BCM and you get, and you look at the handbook and you look at it and you listen to this and that's, that's a bummer. Oh, that's a bummer. I can't believe it. That's, I've never done that before. That won't work. I got a different mission. And that's why your face looks the way it does in DC. Oh, this is a bummer. It's the best day you should have ever had in your life. Every day. If you understood what the mission should be, then you'd be looking for the living every day. But somehow we're not. We're there in a garden tomb looking for the dead, among the dead. Ha! Well prepared. Oh, we are prepared. You really? How prepared are they? Think about it. How prepared are they? Are they really prepared for the day? Come on. But they've got the spices. Come on. How prepared are they? Why do you say that, Carl? Okay, that's true. Yes, keep going. But listen, even the mission they're on, even the one they're on, are they prepared, fully prepared for that one? No. Why? Mark 16. Hey, ladies, was there a stone? Do you guys remember stone? How big was that stone? How are we going to... Oh, never mind. Never mind. Are they prepared to complete the mission that is on their heart? How are they going to get in there? It's a sealed stone. It's a guarded stone. I don't know that they know that, but they're not going to get in there. Do you understand that? We've got the spices. We're not getting in there to the body. <laughs> they're not going to be able to complete the mission. But even just that one aspect of the stone, they already said on their way there, you know, we forgot something. We can't get that stone. How are we going to move the stone? You know, when we're on our own mission, doing our own thing, and maybe God's already tried to reach us, I, I wish you'd do something different. I wish you wouldn't keep doing that. I wish you wouldn't think that way. And others have tried to help with those things. Maybe your parents, maybe others have uh, over time. Maybe the Holy Spirit's really just, and the Holy Spirit's used others. But we're on a mission. And it's the wrong one. And God's trying to reach us. Why? Why are you still seeking? And you know what? When we're on the wrong mission, generally, here's, how, here's what it looks like. We get dark. As a, you know, as a, as an administrator and a professor, I could 
if somebody's dark, wow, what happened to them? Seeking the dead among the dead. Jesus isn't alive. He's not risen. This isn't a great day. God's moving. I can't see it all yet. I haven't seen the living, but I know he's alive. Right? I haven't seen him today yet, maybe, you know, because I'm discouraged and something's there. But I know he's alive. I know he's going to meet the need. There's faith. These ladies have come more than this. What? So if they could have accomplished their mission, if they could have, what would it have done? Talk to me now. Think about it. If they could have accomplished what they wanted to do that day, their mission, this is what we're going to do and nobody's keeping us and we're getting up early and we're going to meet and we're going to get here before dawn. Nobody's going to stand in our way. And so let's say nobody does and they get there. There's the body of Jesus. What, everything they expected. Fulfill your mission and go home. What did they accomplish? What? Wesley. They what now? Okay, well, yes. But just in the essence of, you know, getting the spices to where the spices were to go. Did they ever done this before? I'm sure they had. Family members, friends. I'm sure they've had done this. Some of their own family members they've done. They know how to do this. What are the spices for? Why are they doing this? What are the spices for? I'm going to call on somebody. <laughs> somebody. David Terry. What are the spices for? Why? From? Yeah, it's going bad, right? It's going to go bad soon. At least we know Lazarus was in the grave for, right? And his sister said, what? Yeah, let's not do that. Let's not open that up. Four days. These ladies are getting there early because, like, every hour counts now. So they're going to get there, and, and that struggle that, that Jesus is having in that tomb, the struggle with, what's he struggling with right now, they think. They would say he's struggling with death. And we're going to go, and we're going to what? We're going to help. Seeking the dead among the dead, we're going to help him. He needs help. He needs our help. Did they get up that morning early, prepared, devoted to help Jesus in his struggle with death? Yes or no? I know it's a weird thought, and I don't know if you asked them that question, if they would say that, but, but yes. <laughs> what else are they doing? Okay, then ask them this. Ask them, ask them. How's Jesus doing with death right now? Like before they get there. What would they say? In their own thinking and on their own mission, what would they say? How is, so how do you think Jesus is doing with death? And they're going, uh, one, two, three days. What do they say? Is he winning or losing? We got to get there. He needs our help. 
we're seeking the dead among the dead. Is that what we think of Jesus? It, when our day can't get any better than that? When we can come to BCM and, and uh, it's a bummer. They can make me do this and wear that and I gotta do this different, I gotta put that away and I can't read this, I can't watch that. What a bummer. You're on the wrong mission. And the whole day just goes south. Weeks go south. What am I doing? I'm corrected and it's not working. But it should work. Why? Because you serve a living Savior. He doesn't need our help to overcome death. It's the best day that you... The day that their mission got corrected was the best day of their life. Did, let me ask you this. Did their day get better? <laughs> when did it get better? When they fulfilled their mission? Your day won't get any better either when you fulfill yours. Hello? You ought to just stay home in your own bedroom and create your own Bible college. Right there. Then it'll be perfect. You can do your own thing. You know, plant your own church, create your own Bible college. You can be a professor of yourself and teach yourself. And what. But if you're going to come, then you've got to throw yourself into it and say, God, uh, the mission is yours. You're the living Savior. You're alive. And when I yield to you uh, and get the mission right, now these ladies, they didn't, I, you know, they, what have you done with my Savior? Where did he go? If you've taken his body, I don't know. You don't get it. Why? Because you didn't hear the word. Obey. Understand. This is the direction. This is the mission. Don't say that's a bummer. You know how much your day will improve when you get into the right mission? This day started horrible. Like, I don't know if they were even sleeping last night. Maybe that's why they were able to get up at four. They weren't even sleeping. I'm telling you, they probably didn't sleep tonight either. They were so excited. Do you know what the correct mission was? It's right here. Verse 8, they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. And that's your mission. Here's what we do. Here's how it's to be done. Here's the correct mission. Let me help you find out what it is. Did they help the men? Yeah. Who didn't initially believe them, but at least Peter and John ran there to find out. When the women got on the right mission, others were helped. When they were on the wrong mission, who could be helped? Who? Nobody. You, right? Is that right? Nobody could be helped while they were on their own mission. Nobody. But when they got on the right mission, everybody could be helped. They were encouraged. Others were encouraged. So you'll find the same thing in your own life. If you do, stop fighting against that question, why? Why seek ye the living among the dead? I love the question because it wasn't the right question. You seem like they should have asked, why seek ye the dead among the dead? But they didn't. They asked them the right question. Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's alive. You're on the wrong mission. We can put those spices down now. Jesus doesn't need your help. You need his. Right? Jesus didn't need these women, their help. They needed his. And boy, when they got it, they realized that they served a risen Savior. He 
he's in the world today. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm so excited about this message and uh, in that, that question, why seek ye the living among the dead? And I think, Lord, if we were honest, that each time we're discouraged and down and we don't see, we don't see the sun coming up, we don't see the ri- rising of our Savior, then we are sort of like these women on the wrong mission, maybe devout, maybe, maybe better than others, maybe even closer to Jesus than the men. Oh yeah, maybe closer. But we have the wrong view of who you are, Jesus, and what, you, and what you've accomplished, and how the victory that you have, and how you really do want to use us. But it's your power, not ours. It won't be our spices. It won't be our efforts in your direction. It's going to be your efforts in our direction.